Juicers. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Brooke. And this is For God's Sake. Don't drink the Jones juice. Welcome back to episode six. We've got some exciting news to tell you guys. Um, We've got some new merch coming out. So we appreciate everybody that has bought our original t-shirt, but we do have some more coming. Um... We want to give a thank you to a couple of artists that have um, drew us up some things, I guess. Some, art. <laughs> some artists that are amazing artists that helped us tremendously. Um, but shout out to Buddy Croy and Jordan Michelle. Yes, thank you guys so much. Actually, Jordan made... Um, the logo that we're going to be using we haven't released it yet we may have already when this comes out but mm-hmm. uh as of right now we we still haven't set everything in place mm-hmm. uh, but once we do it's super cute and i'm super excited about it yes and uh buddy did us a little cool something too that we'll be using on some t-shirts and things like that we want a, a few different choices for you guys to choose from so yes and uh since everywhere is requiring masks now we're also going to be releasing some mask designs so be sure to check those out too of course we'll post about it on instagram and in the facebook group yes so super stoked about that you guys definitely check it out and we'll uh we'll post the designs also they're super dope honestly they are really good i'm really excited buddy's design is insanely just creative (laughs) i love it (laughs) he's pretty awesome like that yeah so before we begin this i wanted to tell you something Mm -hmm. it's um so I've been wanting to tell you this since I haven't, but I figured I'd wait. Are you telling me this? Or are you telling our audience this? Well, everyone, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Specifically you. Okay. Like, I wanted to text you about it when it ha- when I... It was, it's a dream. Okay. And it's murder-related. What? <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to wait until uh, we were recording to tell you. Okay. So, okay. The other night, I had a dream that I was murdered. No! And... It was like my spirit that I, I was my spirit in my dream. Mm -hmm. And I remember like I floated over my parents and they were crying because they couldn't find my body. Oh my God, Alyssa. I know. And I was like, oh my God, I need to go find my body. So (laughs) I need to go find my body. (laughs) So I set off on this quest to find my body and somehow or another I found it. um, And I was in some kind of way leading my sister to my body Mm -hmm. like she couldn't see me she couldn't hear me but she knew that i was leading her there and so we come to this house and i could tell that my body was in this person's bedroom oh my god so i go into the bedroom and i just knew it was in the bottom drawer of a dresser (laughs) This is terrible. It was a big dresser, like a body. I mean, so you weren't chopped up or anything? No, (laughs) I was. It was just like a really long dresser. Yeah. And so I lead my sister to it and she was going to open it. But I started freaking out because obviously I didn't want to see my decaying body (laughs) in a fucking dresser (laughs) drawer. But she opens it and I legit saw my dead decaying body in this drawer. And I instantly just started sobbing because 
oh there's my, my dead body god and all of my siblings and my parents faces like flash in my eye like I guess in my brain but you know I could see them yeah and I just got so angry and so just grief filled and I felt so much sorrow and so much just anger and jealousy because I was so young and all my siblings and my parents were going to live so much longer than I did and I just felt it was so unfair that's so sad yeah and so my sister's crying because she found my fucking body in some rando's house. Oh, my God. And I remember I just ran out of the house. Mm-hmm. And I was running down this, like, super scenic road. And there were... It was so beautiful. It's honestly the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was wow. like, holy shit. But I was I was just so upset, just sobbing as I'm running down this road. Mm-hmm. And I just, like... I was like, God, help me. And then I just started flying into the air. Wow. <laughs> it was it was insane. When I woke up, I thought my whole day was ruined because yeah. death is something that terrifies me. Yeah. For myself and you know, the people I love. Absolutely. Like what happens when you die. And also just what happens to your body after you die to me is just so crazy. That's so scary. And I fucking saw my own body doing that. Oh my that. god, Alyssa. <laughs> What did it look like? Like, was there, like, trauma, or was it just, like... I just... I was even more pale than I am now. And I was, like, bluish-purplish, you know? Alyssa, that's so scary. I know. Oh, my (laughs) God. I've never had... Every time I ever dream, I'm in my body. I've never seen my body... Yeah. ...outside. I was going to say, I haven't either. It was so weird. It freaked me out. That's so creepy. I told Scotty about it, and he was like you have nothing to worry about. You're not going to die. And I'm like, how do you know? (laughs) You're not going to die. I read online that dreams where you die, it's more so like a metaphor for like big change or something. Yeah. Or, or, you know, you're, you're letting go of like your old self or something in your life. Mm -hmm. You you know, something's dying off. That makes sense. So I don't know what it could have been. I was really young in it. Like younger than you are now. Yeah. Well, I was, probably like 18 or 19 or something like that so i'm wondering if it has something something to do with uh because my life 18 and 19 was so much different than it is now just because of you know titus Mm -hmm. so i think i think it had something to do with that it was like my my young teenage self my carefree free-spirited you know, ungrounded self was dying off mm-hmm. and I was becoming a woman. Yeah. What I am right now. And mother. Having Titus has completely changed every aspect of my entire life. Yeah. So. Wow. That's intense. I know. I don't like it's it. It's so crazy. <laughs> that's one of those dreams. Like I would have probably woken up crying. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those? Oh yeah. yeah oh, yeah. it's awful. I had a dream once where Titus drowned in the bathtub. Oh. And I literally cried all day long oh about my it. God. I was like, how can I let my kid die in my dream? Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Mm. Well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to tell you. <laughs> Terrible. 
because it yeah. was so real. I yeah. genuinely thought it was really the sorrow that I felt and the. I would hate to grief. see my dead body. That, like, see, that was the worst part to me. Is yeah. I like dying sucked, but seeing your body decay because you will never see that. Yeah, your family and friends might. Yeah, but you will never see your body decay. Oof. I mean, I guess Oof. I don't really know what happens after you die. Maybe you do. I don't know, but <laughs> I have chills. Yeah, it was really scary. A very intense dream. Wow. Mm. Never want it again, ever. No, no more of those. <laughs> now I'm going to have a dream about my decaying body tonight. <laughs> I hope not. It was traumatizing, I swear. Oh, wow. I get scared to open drawers now because I'm scared I'm going to see my dead body in there. <laughs> You're like, oh God, no. It's my spirit. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> well, we can jump into this now. <laughs> On that note... Let's talk about another corpse because that's what's coming. Okay. So, and it's not pretty. Okay. <laughs> we ready? I'm ready. All right. So, um, my story today is going to be about the mysterious death of Elisa Lamb. Ooh. Yes. Elisa Lamb was found at the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles in 2013. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of you probably know this story. This was a very um, popular um, conspiracy. You know, every... If you guys know it, you know it. I mean, she... The elevator video. Mm -hmm. um, So creepy. Yeah. This is one of those things that just... It's one of the creepiest stories i've mm-hmm. probably ever heard oh yeah i remember hearing it and just thinking how did this happen yeah how could it happen and and there's still so many questions so many unanswered i mean questions. literally we don't even know how she got where she got but i'm about to tell you guys <laughs> she got where she got <laughs> so if you haven't heard of this you're about to learn a lot and hopefully you still learn a lot even if you do know about this case yes so here we go. Um, the first thing I want to do is just talk a little bit about the Cecil Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cecil was a budget hotel in downtown LA, LA that opened in 1927. Uh-huh. It's located at 640 South Main Street in Los Angeles, California. When it very first opened, it was a high-end hotel. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I knew that. Um, but when the Great Depression struck, it went down really quickly. Um, the Cecil has 600 guest rooms and 19 floors. The Cecil has a very morbid past and many disturbing and violent situations and tons of suicides have occurred there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so strange. Um, by the 1960s, longtime residents of the hotel had begun, begun to call the Cecil the suicide. Mm-hmm. It was also a well-known spot for prostitution and drug activity. So it was just a sketchy, sketchy place. Or is a sketchy place because it's still around. Isn't that somewhere that some serial killer... Yes. Yeah. I'm going to get, get into okay, that. Okay, yep. sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. You're <laughs> fine. I'm actually going to go into a bunch of notable deaths and strange things just because I think that's an important part of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot, but just, just listen. It's super interesting. Um. <clears throat> So, in 2011, the hotel was renamed Stay on Main. And my assumption is most likely to get away from the reputation that it had earned. Yeah. Well. So, yeah. But, I mean, the Cecil's the Cecil. You can't, you yeah, know, get I'm away sure from that. Yeah, everybody calls it that still. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I'll call it from here on out yeah. in this story. Because it Stay is. Stay on Main? Stay on Main. Well, okay, you couldn't have come up with a better name than that. <laughs> right. Jesus. <laughs> 
So um, here are some of the notable, notable deaths and just odd things that have, have occurred. Um, so the earliest known suicide at the hotel was a man named W.K. Norton. He was found dead in his room after ingesting poison capsules. Capsules. I always do this at the beginning of my stories. I'm just like, lip, lip, lip. I do it throughout my whole story. Oh, so. my gosh. I don't know why I do this. <laughs> so he ingested poison capsules, and this was in 1931. So he was the very first. So in 1932, Benjamin Doditch died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Two years later, in 1934... Army Sergeant Lewis Borden slashed his throat with a razor. Good God. Yeah. Three years after that, in 1937, Grace E. Magro fell from a ninth-story window. Police were unable to determine whether it was an accident or a suicide. 1938, U.S. Marine Corps fireman Roy Thompson jumped to his death from the top floor. 1939, Navy officer Erwin C. Neblett ingested poison and killed himself. Jeez. 1940, teacher Dorothy Scheiger ingested poison and killed herself. Where's everybody getting poison at? I, I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe that was a popular way of doing it back in the 30s and 40s. Seems like it. I don't know. I mean, I guess if I was going to commit suicide, that's kind of how I'd want to do it. Yeah. Seems probably, a little less messy. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> um... So, 1944, Dorothy Jean Purcell, who was 19, gave birth to a baby boy unaware that she was pregnant. Oh, my God. Yeah, so she's like... How are you unaware? Exactly. Like, I mean, I know it does happen. There are those women who, yeah. they don't even show. Yeah. They, they can't even All of a sudden, they're just popping a kid out. Yeah. So. I just, when I was pregnant, I was very aware of it <laughs> <laughs> through the whole thing. Right. So, she was unaware, went into labor. At the hotel, um, had the baby boy, uh-huh. and then threw him out the window of her room. Yes, that's what you do, guys, when you have a baby that yeah. you don't know about. The baby died, and she was charged with murder, but she was later found not guilty by reason of insanity. Yeah, okay. Of course, right? Whatever. Um, 1947, Robert Smith jumped from the seventh floor to her... Oh, wait, where am I? Sorry. Uh, jumped to his death from a seventh floor window. Uh, then we've got about seven years until the next one, so we're getting a little bit better. <laughs> it's been seven years since our last suicide. Gosh. Uh, 1954, Helen Gurney jumped from the seventh floor to her death. Then in 1962, Julia Frances Moore jumped from the eighth floor. 1962 again, so this is two. Um, in 1962, Pauline Otten jumped from the window of her ninth-story room, landing on pede- pedestrian George Giannini, killing them both instantly. That is tragic. That is so tragic. Can you imagine? Just watch where you're jumping, guys. Ugh, or don't jump at all. Have you ever seen Midsummer? Mm-mm. Okay, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, skip however many seconds you feel is necessary. Um, in that, it's about like the midsummer festival festival or whatever mm-hmm. and it's a horror movie quote unquote mm-hmm. and in it um like when you reach a certain age with this commune or whatever mm-hmm. uh you jump off a cliff oh. and kill yourself no and it's so insane nope no thanks um so yeah she landed on the pedestrian um 
so something I read originally the police thought that Pauline and George jumped at the same time like mm-hmm. maybe there was some sort of connection but they realized when they found George that his hands were in his pockets oh wow so he's just literally just walking, walking down along. the street and she falls on him and kills him God. awful 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 that's so terrible uh, so then in 1964, Goldie Osgood was found raped, stabbed, and beaten in her ransacked room. Jesus. This murder remains unsolved. Oh, poor girl. I know it. She was, um, something about she fed the birds downtown, so she was really well known around there for, like, being the bird lady. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's heartbreaking. Uh, 1975. Oh, can you imagine those birds coming back and her Aww. not being there? And they're just wondering where she is. Oh, no. That's sad. That's very sad. I like birds. <laughs> birds are the one animal I do really like. Oh. <laughs> uh, 1975, an unidentified woman jumped to her death from the 12th story. 1992. So we went almost 20 years without anything going on. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, about 17 um, an unidentified man was found deceased in an alley behind the Cecil. It is believed he either fell, was pushed, or jumped from the fifteenth floor. Wow. Uh, fast forward into 2013, Elisa Lamb is found. After that, we've got 2015, an unidentified 28-year-old male was found outside of the hotel. Some say the man committed suicide, jumping from the building, but the coroner says the cause of death could not be determined. That's weird. Very weird. Here's another little tidbit of uh, info that I think is kind of strange, but the Black Dahlia, whose real name was Elizabeth Short, was seen at the Cecil's Bar a few days before her murder. Yeah. Isn't that strange? It is very strange. So you were talking about the serial killer. Um, serial killer Richard Ramirez lived at the Cecil while he was active. It's said that Ramirez would dump his bloody clothes outside the hotel after a kill, but the hotel was in such disarray at this time that it barely raised an eyebrow. Yeah. Serial killer Jack Unterwedger, also known as the Vienna Strangler, also lived at the Cecil while active. Wasn't that area called something? Skid Row. Skid Row, yeah. Yeah. That's where a lot of the homeless loved or lived still. I hate that that Skid Row. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Sounds like a place I never want to be. No, no. I wouldn't suggest it. (laughs) So now with all of that out of the way, let's talk about the story here. We'll talk a little bit about Elisa Lamb. So Elisa Lamb, who was known by her Cantonese name, Lam Ho Yi, was born April 30th, 1991. She was 21 years old. She was a Canadian student at the University of British of Columbia, British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. Elisa embarked on a solo trip to California in January 2013 and checked into the Cecil Hotel on January 26th, 2013. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so originally they assigned her a shared room kind of like a hostel situation yeah um but there were complaints from her roommates about her quote odd behavior so she was moved to a private unit okay all right um i think it's also important here to note that she did suffer from depression and bipolar disorder which she was medicated for Mm -hmm. 
Um, she was prescribed four different medications that she was supposed to take daily to combat, combat her disorders. Um, she was prescribed Welbutrin, Effexor, Seroquel, and Lamictal. Isn't Effexor what uh, Andrea, Andrea Yates, Yates was taking? Yeah. Weird, huh? Yep. They tried to uh, prescribe me Effexor once upon a time, too. For depression, but um, the it was one, so ridiculously it, so ridiculously expensive. I was uh-huh. like, no, it was going to be like a thousand dollars a month or something crazy. I don't have insurance. We don't do that. <laughs> the one person <laughs> I know that took it, it made them super crazy too. So yeah, well, that's probably a good thing then. Obviously, not a good one to take. See, I've heard good things about it though, but once I saw that price, I was like, nah, we don't have to do something else. A thousand dollars a month? Yeah, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's more than my rent. Exactly. So here's where shit gets real. Elisa's naked body was recovered from a 1,000-gallon water tank on the rooftop of the Cecil on February 19, 2013. Elisa was reported missing by her family on January 31, 2013, which was the day that she was scheduled to check out of the hotel. Um, She had promised her family that she would speak to them every single day. Mm -hmm. And she fulfilled that promise. She always, always called them. Yeah. And when she didn't call, they were like, okay, something's up. This is strange. Um, So they called the police and reported her missing. The police acted quickly and they searched the hotel with search dogs, but there were no signs of Elisa. Yeah. So... Um, so let me tell you why Elisa was found in the water tank. I hate this part. It's awful. It is so bad. Awful. All right. So Elisa was found because a maintenance worker was asked to check on the water pressure because hotel guests, y'all just take a seat if you're not sitting down. (laughs) Hotel guests were complaining about low water pressure, and some said that the water was black and had an unusual taste and smell. Oh, my gosh. Guests were bathing in, brushing their teeth with, and drank this water for as long as 19 days before her body was found. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I'm just like, I would just kill myself. I would cry every day for the rest of my life. So... I, I don't know how to say this without, like, sounding disrespectful, and I don't want to do that at all. But there is a decaying corpse of a young lady in a water tank, and you have been drinking that water. Yeah. Uh, nope. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wonder would, if you can sue for that. I don't that. think I would, like, ever stop vomiting. <laughs> Just permanently vomit around. Oh, my God. You can never look at water the same again. Oh, my God. I could never. Yeah. I would bring water bottles with me everywhere. <sighs> And the water was black. It's so awful. That's disgusting. So the worker whose name is San- Santiago Lopez took the elevator to the 15th floor where he had to climb a set of stairs to the roof and then climb up a ladder to reach the 10 foot tall water tank. Mm-hmm. That's a lot right there, That's right? That's a lot, yeah. He then noticed that the hatch to the tank was opened and found Elisa's nude corpse laying face up in the water could you imagine walking in on that How 19 days in water is a long time fucking horrifying I wonder what she looked like Ugh. are there pictures no not of her body but i did 
hear that it was very bloated and decayed and the bloated part is what i was thinking so here's a odd part of this so elisa's clothing watch room key and her clothing were also in the tank but she was naked strange right you know they do say that if you are in water Mm -hmm. and you're having trouble to take off your clothes because your clothes weigh you down yeah it's easier to swim Mm -hmm. when you don't have you know water getting caught in your clothing and whatnot why are you swimming in a water tank well i mean that's the weird let's just assume somebody put her in there yeah you know but but i mean if somebody did put her in there Mm -hmm. she could have taken off her clothes to help her tread the water better i would have never known that yeah so um So I also want to point out that the clothes that were in the water tank with her are the same clothes that she was wearing in the infamous elevator video. Yeah. Weird. So Elisa's body was in pretty bad shape, as Mm -hmm. you can imagine, weeks in water. Um, But oddly enough, there was no evidence of any physical or sexual trauma, foul play, or suicide. So what we're saying here is there's no answers. Zero. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? What does that mean? I mean, just <laughs> from hearing that, it's like they think that she she saw the water tower and, and just wanted to take a fucking swim and then yeah. accidentally died. I, it makes no sense. Zero. So, of course, they did, you know, toxicology reports or um, toxicology reports. Those results showed traces of drugs consistent with what she normally took and small amounts of Sinutab and ibuprofen. So nothing. Sinutab? I'm assuming it's a sinus medication. Okay. Yeah. Just my assumption, Sinutab. Um, And it showed a very small amount of alcohol, Mm 0.02%. So like, obviously like not enough to make her drunk. Right. Um, Elisa's case gained the media and public's attention much before her body was found due to the missing persons flyers being posted around the to- around the town and online. Um, again, as I said, she was found on February the 19th, but on February 15th, the notorious elevator video from the Cecil was released to the public by the LAPD. So four days before she was found, this video became, you know, viral, went right. viral. So it went viral and drew tons of interest worldwide due to Elisa's strange behavior in the video. It is super strange. We've got to post that to our pages mm-hmm. yeah. just for people that haven't seen it. Are you going to describe the video? Yep. Okay. I am. So the video shows a view looking down from a rear corner of the ceiling of the elevator and mm-hmm offering a view of not only the inside of the elevator but the hallway outside yeah so you can see her kind of looking down on her and you can see the hallway kind of in in front of her um let me add also that it was super grainy and pixelated Mm -hmm. and the timestamp was missing yeah that's strange right yeah So I've got a pretty long explanation here um, of what she is doing in the video. And this is directly from Wikipedia. So I just want to quote that. So you guys know I'm reading this directly from Wikipedia. Right. All right. So this is what it says. Elisa enters from the left 
and goes to the control panel. She appears to select several floors, then steps back to the corner. After a few seconds, during which the door fails to close, she steps up to it, leans forward so that her head is through the door, looks in both directions, and then quickly steps back in, backing up to the wall, and then into the corner near the control panel. The door remains open. She walks to it again and stands in the doorway, leaning on the side. Suddenly, she steps back out into the hall, then to her side, back in, looking to the side, then back out. She then steps sideways again, and for a few seconds, she is mostly invisible behind the wall. She has, behind the wall, she has her back to the outside. That's a bad explanation from Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) The door remains open. (laughs) All right, so her right arm can be seen going up to her head, and then she turns to re-enter the cab, putting both hands on the side of the door. She then goes to the control panel, presses many more buttons, some more than once, and then returns to the wall she had come into the elevator from, putting both hands over her ears briefly as she walks back to the section of the wall she had been standing against before. The door remains open. She turns to her right and begins rubbing her forearms together, then waves her hands out to her sides with with her palms flat and fingers outstretched, while bowing forward slightly and rocking gently. This can all be seen through the door, which remains open. After she backs to the wall again and walks away to the left, it finally closes. This video received millions of views, and most people found it unsettling to watch. This is still from Wikipedia. Several theories evolved to explain Elisa's actions. One one, One was that she was trying to escape from someone who was after her. Others suggested that she might be under the influence of ecstasy or some other party drug, but nothing like that was detected in her body. When her bipolar disorder became known, the theory that she was having a psychotic episode also emerged. Other viewers argued that the video had been tampered with before being made public. Besides besides obscuring the obscuring of the timestamp, they claimed, Parts had been slowed down and nearly a minute of footage also had been removed. This could have been done simply to protect the identity of someone who otherwise would have been in the video but had little or nothing to do with the case or to conceal evidence if Lamb's disappearance and death had been the result of a criminal act. And that is it from Wikipedia. Jeez. So to this day, no one knows exactly how she got in the water tank. And the rooftop is said to be a part of the hotel that would be extremely difficult to access without setting off emergency alarms. Uh, yeah. You know, like how does somebody just get up to the rooftop? Literally have zero clue. So the hotel worker had to use a ladder to check on the water in the 10 foot tall tanks, which were covered by heavy lids that would have been seemingly impossible to cover from the inside. That's assuming she did commit suicide, which I find highly unlikely. Or just got in there to swim. And put the lid right. on the top, yeah, because that's totally normal behavior. Right, yeah. Of course. Um, one more strange fact. Elisa's phone has never been found. See, that's super weird. Sketchy. Elisa ran, <clears throat> ran a Tumblr account, and even after her death, the account kept updating. Well, that's not too weird to me because on Tumblr, have you ever had a Tumblr? Yeah, years ago. You can like add stuff to a queue to release when you want it to. Right. Yeah. So 
Um, the account kept updating, but what we're not sure of is if maybe the post she had the post set to come out at a later time, um, or whoever the phone was, whoever had her phone was posting on her account. Yeah, you never could know. Very well be. But I mean, if you can't find the phone, you don't know. Yeah. So, um, I wonder it, what kind of phone she had. I'm not sure. I know um, they said that. She, they assume the phone was stolen after her death. Mm-hmm. So either by someone at the hotel or, you know, her killer if she was killed. Can't Couldn't they trace that, though? If somebody else was posting, couldn't they find where it dings or whatever? You know, I have so many questions about these these cases where there are phones, but they can't be accessed. Like, why is that even a thing? I don't know. It's like in Jessica uh, Marie, Jessica, was it Marie Jones? Jessica Jones? Renee. Jessica Renee Jones. Like, they couldn't get into her phone because they didn't have the password. Are you kidding me? Apple, give them the damn password. I agree with that. So, I don't know. I don't know why we are still having issues getting into people's phones or finding out where people are from phones. I don't know. So, um, the coroner's office ruled her death an accidental drowning. Of course it did accident i still okay but why was she in the tank let's do a little bit of a better investigation guys or at least let's make it the negligence of the hotel to properly properly secure their right you know water tanks her family did end up suing um i believe but i think the case never went anywhere yeah such bullshit absolutely so just so many unanswered questions here Sorry, I like doing cases that leave you guys hanging. <laughs> Mine's going to leave you hanging, too. Yeah. yeah. I feel like every one I've done, it's kind of like, well, we don't know what happened. You take so, your guess. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to go over just some of the theories that have become popular with the good old online investigators. So, again, we kind of talked about, you know, people saying that she was on ecstasy. But there's those, you know, theories that she was on drugs, but nothing was found in her toxicology report. Um, Some people speculate that she was taken over by the demons of the Cecil Hotel. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't believe this girl committed suicide. My theory is something paranormal. Maybe she was possessed um, or someone killed her. But she didn't do that to herself. No. There's no way. I think a psychotic break sounds the most logical to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, There are theories, of course, of Elisa having a stalker who worked at the hotel and murdered her, which would explain the alarms not going off when entering the rooftop, because the rooftop could only be accessed by staff keys. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's suspicious. Things that make you say, hmm. Yep. Um... And how it seemed as if that she was hiding from someone in the elevator video. I will say, I listened to some podcast about this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I've listened to many. Mm-hmm. But in one of them, they said that there was somebody who did investigate it, like, you know, on their own. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to see if they could make it to the water tank or whatever mm-hmm. without setting off alarms or anyone noticing. And they were able to do it. Really? Yeah. And so I feel... As though a hotel like the Cecil Hotel, mm-hmm. it's, you know, 
probably kind of they don't care yeah. you know what i mean so what somebody specifically just went to the cecil to do that mm-hmm. to, hmm. i would never want to step foot in that place oh yeah me either <laughs> i was gonna ask you if we ever go visit my sister again do you want to oh. take a trip it might i mean honestly i wouldn't mind like going to see it but mm-hmm. i don't want to go in there no because you're gonna be walking down the street <clears throat> taking pictures and someone's gonna fucking fall on you oh my god stop <laughs> I would really be scared of that. I wouldn't mind to see it. I mean, we can drive by it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) So, um, and then of course, you know, there's the theories that she committed suicide. Again, highly unlikely in my opinion, but I don't know. I guess it's possible. Um, Another interesting theory is that she may have been sick with tuberculosis. I don't know if you remember this. I do. Mm-mm. But um, there was an outbreak around the area of the hotel around the time that she was staying there. Um, check this. This is something that I remember hearing <clears throat> years and years ago. But I read it again when I was doing my research. Guess what the name of the test for tuber- tuberculosis is called? It's her name, right? Lamb Elisa. Yeah spelled exactly like it isn't that so fucking bizarre weird. that is so strange that is so weird i mean how many elisa lambs do you think are out there i mean i have no idea <laughs> I, I would assume probably not that many i mean elisa lamb i don't know i have no idea but that's lamb elisa is the test name for that's tuberculosis so weird very strange so <laughs> that's fucking eerie Anyway, no tuberculosis was found in her lungs during the autopsy, so that's yeah. kind of ruled out. Um, one of the most plausible explanations, I guess, is that she was having a manic episode from not taking her prescriptions correctly, and this caused her to have hallucinations and psychosis and believe that someone was following her, causing her to hide in the water tank. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see how this little 100-pound five foot four girl can get in a water tank and put the lid on yeah they literally had to cut the water tank open to get her out i don't know it just it i don't see how do you get in there and then put the lid on i have no idea that's the weird part i don't think it's possible yeah i don't think it's possible i just when you watch the video Mm -hmm. to me it doesn't seem like she's hiding from somebody it seems way weirder to me than that see i did watch it i watched it several times I mean, it had been a few years since i'd seen it it does seem weird it seems almost like a strange paranoia mm-hmm. but then again i could see where it looks like i mean it looks like she's hiding from something or someone it's like she's peeking around the corner and then she's like hiding and then yeah, like, but why doesn't she just go down you know what i mean well why? it was like the like doors wouldn't shut or something it was strange like, she's pushing all these buttons and nothing's happening. Hmm. And then she's, like, sticking her head out, like, oh, shit. And then, I don't know. It is bizarre. It's bizarre. This whole yeah. story is just super creepy. And I wish to God, like, there was some kind of ending for her family. You know what I mean? Have you heard the theory about the elevator game? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Are you going to talk about that? I, I really didn't go too far in that is that i know that was something that was kind of created in china or something yeah. tell me about it because i don't i don't really know okay. i mean it's more so like you go to an elevator with however many floors you're mm-hmm. supposed to go like up and then down and then step out i don't know what it is but 
apparently mm-hmm. at the end of it you're supposed to be like in a different dimension or something oh yeah yeah i don't really know if Okay. Don't do me take that with a grain of salt, but I personally don't think it was that. Yeah, I did see something about that, but it just didn't even. I was like, eh, nah. So that's pretty much all I've got about this story. But I just yeah. wish there could be some sort of closure. You oh know? yeah, for sure. That poor it's girl. That poor family. Heartbreaking. Imagine getting that call like your daughter has been in a water tank for nineteen days. Are you kidding me? Like makes me want to vomit even thinking like that. Yeah. Ugh. It's heartbreaking. All the little people in the rooms have a bit of her (laughs) oh my god you guys let us know what your theories are if you know there's something that we didn't cover or you know just how you feel about it because like i said i just really have a hard time with the suicide oh yeah i don't think it's that um but i can also see how she could have been you know in a manic episode and thinking someone was after her but i just find it hard to believe that she her little self got in that water tank and covered it up with the lid yeah are you kidding me can you imagine how much that weighs oh a lot i'm sure you know she could also have been pressing the open the door button on an on the elevator you know what i mean like when she was pushing all the buttons yeah yeah because to me it just really doesn't seem like she's hiding from an actual person in in her right state of mind Mm -hmm. i feel like if she was doing that she would at least run and go to a stairwell or you know if somebody was trying to get me i would be banging on doors trying to find someone to help me it seems like a like uh she's being paranoid due to you know psychosis or something like that poor girl i genuinely believe that that's what it probably is so do you think she got in the water tank herself i don't know uh i mean or do you think it's just a coincidence that she was acting really strange and then maybe someone killed her and put her in there? I mean, she could have been... Someone could have taken advantage of the fact that she she was... Out of her mind. Yeah, and then did something Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I do understand the whole manic thing, but I have a hard time with the suicide theory. Oh, it's not suicide. Yeah. I No, I would never believe that that's suicide. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that she was hiding from some or if she was hiding from somebody yeah she was in a manic state where mm-hmm. she or a psych what a psycho she was in psychosis and mm-hmm. you know acting strangely because of that and then maybe that person was like haha wouldn't it be funny if yeah. you know uh yeah or maybe they're just a deranged killer mm-hmm. and took advantage of somebody you know not in their right head yeah I don't know. It's so freaky. That's all I got for that one, guys. Let us know your thoughts. Yes, please let us. And if you actually know the the elevator game, please let us know that too. Because I'm not about to Google it. (laughs) I probably will later. Yeah. (laughs) It's more paranormal than it is anything. And I just don't think that. I do believe in paranormal, obviously, because we're going to talk about paranormal stuff. But I just don't think it was. Well, that's almost like one of those, like bloody mary things you know what i mean like the elevator game i don't know it's just like that i don't believe in shit like that it's stupid i yes i believe in like spirits and that kind of thing but i don't believe in like the games no like white as a feather stiff as a board like (laughs) yeah no no no, i did the cat scratch oh yeah once Mm -hmm. and whoever i did it to 
it was, it was like four or five of us they did have scratches on them it was really creepy i i do believe in that one <laughs> really yeah, you, you should have seen it it was scratches for sure oh, for real really yeah me and ansley i don't know what we were in the car the other night and somehow or another i started talking about bloody mary and um wait wasn't i in the car with you were you? Yeah, because I remember us talking about that. And she was like, stop talking about yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Freaking out. I was like, she's like, I feel like she's in the car yeah. with me. You were with us? Yeah, I was there. It's <laughs> hilarious. Unless you've had multiple Bloody Mary conversations. You were probably there then. Okay. No, I think that was the only Bloody Mary talk we've ever had. Yeah, I wonder why we were talking about that. We talk about weird shit. That's why we do this. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it, guys. Do you want to pause it? Yep. Okay. Let's pause it, and then Alyssa will be back with her story. Whoop, whoop insert anchor at mm-hmm. and we're back hello welcome back <laughs> from that <laughs> uh ad <laughs> okay well um I am doing Bryce Les Pisa. Have you ever heard of him? I don't think so, but when I maybe hear the story, I may. I don't know. Okay, well, get ready for a wild ride. All right. Yeah, just my computer. Okay. So, um, sorry if you hear a boom. All right, so Bryce was born April 30th, 1994, to Karen and Michael Les Pisa. After graduating from high school in 2012, Bryce moved roughly 450 miles away from his parents to attend Sierra College for his sophomore year. Um, don't expect to have any kind of relief or anything at the end of the story because it's literally crazy the whole way through and it leaves you with nothing to hang on to. Another one of those, huh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) So in 2013, everything about Bryce's life seemed normal. Uh, He had done well with school the previous year. Um, He had friends. Um, He was dating a girl that he seemed to adore named Kim Sly. You know, nothing seemed abnormal just you know a dude living his life a a well-liked dude a well-loved dude living his life um on august 26 2013 bryce spoke with with his mother karen and she reported that he appeared to be happy and like his normal self however his friends had conflicting views about it apparently bryce had been drinking and taking a lot of drugs more frequently than usual how old is this kid 19 19 okay i think oops well let's see he was born in 94 and this is in 2013 okay yeah 19 so um the next day on august 27th kim his girlfriend noticed a shift in bryce's behavior in which she admitted that he had taken some kind of ADHD medication that wasn't prescribed to him. And Bryce's roommate, Sean Dixon, said that Bryce had been taking Vyvanse to stay up all night Mm -hmm. to play video games. Yeah. Uh, He noted that Bryce would also down a whole bottle of heart liquor by himself on the weekends. Holy cow. Yeah. Could never do that. (laughs) 
So his behavior grew more concerning when he started giving away a lot of his belongings to his friends, including a pair of diamond earrings that his mother had gifted him. Wow. The next day on August 28th, Sean called Bryce's mom to confide in her about Bryce's strange behavior. He told her that Bryce was acting out of character and that he had broken up with Kim via text message the night before, stating, you'd be better off without me. Sean also said that Bryce had said there was something bothering him, but that he never specified what it was. Keep that in mind. Okay. A couple of hours later, Bryce calls his mom. Despite having broken up with Kim the previous night, he had driven to her house and was there when he called his mom. Bryce reassured her that he was okay, but Kim took the phone from him and told Karen that Bryce wasn't acting like himself and she didn't think he should be driving. Okay. So, um, Karen told Bryce that she was going to visit him the next day on the 29th, Mm -hmm. but he insisted that she not make the drive out there, but that he really wanted to talk to her about something, but he never specified what that something was. Okay. So again, that's two people Mm -hmm. that know that there is something bothering him, but he He will not talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Kim uh, got back on the phone with Karen, and she told Kim to give... Yeah, okay. Uh, Wait a second. So, basically, Kim is now talking to Karen. Okay. And Karen told Kim to give Bryce's keys back because she had taken his keys from him because she didn't feel like he needed to be driving. Mm -hmm. He just seemed really off. Yes. But only if he promised to call her in the morning. So, she... If Bryce could only get his keys back if he promised to call her in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Bryce left Kim's house at 11.30 p.m. that night. Uh, August 29th at 1 a.m., Karen Lespiza received a phone call, but, ne- but didn't think much of it because she figured it was Bryce letting her know he had made it back to his apartment safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the next day, August 30th at 11 a.m., the Les Pisas received a voicemail, a voicemail from Bryce telling them that he had used his roadside assistance because he ran out of gas around 9, 9 a.m. that morning. Um, so a man named Christian, who worked for Castro Tire and Gas, delivered the gas to Bryce while he was on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce charged the $20 for the gas on a credit card that belonged to his parents. The location of the charged gas was in Buttonwillow, which was on the way to his parents' house. So they assumed that Bryce was, like, coming down to visit them. Mm-hmm. Um, and where he was at. So he lived, um, like, a good f- far. <laughs> a bit away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it said like 450 miles. Wow. So it would have taken him about three hours from Button Willow to get to where his parents are. Okay. Um, But Karen and Michael started to worry about Bryce and tried to call him multiple times, but he never answered. So they weren't even sure, like, if he was actually coming down there. He never said he was. Yeah. They couldn't get a hold of him. They just assumed. I feel like this is sounding a bit more familiar as you go through this. Yeah. So, hours later, 
When Bryce still hadn't made it to their house, Delespisa's phoned Castro Tire and Gas and asked Christian if he would be willing to go back and make sure that, you know, Bryce was okay and that he had left to Mm -hmm. continue on his journey. Mm -hmm. Um, When Christian arrived back to where he brought Bryce the gas, Bryce was still sitting in his car in the same exact spot he had left him in. What? Christian asked Bryce what he was doing, in which Bryce replied, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But Christian told the Les Pises that he seemed okay, although his eyes were a bit red. Mm-hmm. Um, around 12.30 p.m., Karen finally spoke with Bryce, and and she now expected him to be at the house around 3 p.m. So, once again, hours passed, and there was still no sign of Bryce making his arrival to the house. For the next six hours, Bryce ignored all the calls that his parents um, had done. Um, the Les Pisas tracked Bryce's cell phone and found that he had only traveled eight miles since Christian had checked on him. What? Eight miles in six <clears throat> hours. What is he doing? I don't know. I need answers. <laughs> so by 9 p.m., Karen and Michael were extremely worried and weren't sure what to do, so they called the California Highway Patrol, who found Bryce and his vehicle on Lagoon Drive, still in Buttonwillow. What? Still there. The police searched his car for drugs, but didn't find any, and then they conducted a field sobriety test in which Bryce passed. Wow. So he wasn't under the influence of anything. Something weird is going on. Since Bryce was 19 and considered a legal adult, and, you know, he also wasn't under the influence of, you know, drugs or alcohol. They couldn't do anything. Yep. They could not do anything except to tell him to call his parents. Right. But Bryce was very reluctant to do that for whatever reason. I'm sorry, but if I'm the parents in this situation, I'm headed that way. See, that's what I don't understand about this. Why are they just sitting there? Why are you just waiting for him to get there? You know where he's at. And you know something odd is happening. If this is not, if this is abnormal behavior for your child, go do something. Yeah. I'm driving. (laughs) Get off your ass. Go find him. That's what I would do. Absolutely. So Bryce didn't want to call his parents, and he literally asked the police to do it. So they physically dialed the number for him. That's so weird to me. That is very weird. Yeah. From, like, his phone? Or, like, from the police? I have no idea. Okay. So Karen spoke with Bryce around 10 p.m. and asked him what he was doing, and Bryce said that he was going to go hang with friends later. So, like what are you doing <laughs> wow um an hour later bryce stopped at a gas station and spent a dollar 71 on a drink he told his mom that he was on i5 south but wouldn't give her any more detail than that at some point during the night bryce stopped at a valero and spent 39 dollars on gas um later that night bryce used the roadside assistance again what again and was found to still be in button willow shut up what did he use roadside assistance for that time i'm not sure wow i don't know that is really weird because he just spent 39 dollars on gas and hasn't gone anywhere so what is he doing 
Whew. Um, so at this point, he had been in Button Willow for 13 hours without any kind of explanation whatsoever. Just sitting in his car, basically? Yeah, just sitting in his car. Like, what are you doing? Daydreaming. <laughs> so this time, because Karen and Michael are super worried, uh, roadside assistance followed Bryce to the interstate to make sure that he got on it and mm-hmm. that he was headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Bryce should be at his parents' house by 3.25 a.m. Oh, my God. Nope. I would have been to where he is and shaking you like, what is going on? So during this, they never do. They literally wait for him the whole entire time. No. No. Karen, do better. Literally, like, what are you? It's because she's Karen. (laughs) 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 So at 1.50 a.m., Okay. <laughs> My foot got tangled in the headphone cords. <laughs> so at 1.50 a.m., Bryce told his mom that he had gotten off of the I-5, but had just gotten back on it. At 2.08 a.m., Karen talked to Bryce for the very last time. <laughs> he told her that he was getting off of I-5 so that he could sleep in his car <sighs> because he had been awake for 48 hours. Oh, my God. And his mother did not, like, fight that or disagree with that. She was like, yeah, honey. You know, you need to sleep. Oh, my God. Go pick him up. Are you kidding me? Go pick him up. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? And how far is he from them at this point? Um. uh, I don't think he had gone. I think he was still in Button Willow. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) But, um. Bryce didn't actually pull over to sleep. He drove for another 90 minutes to Castiac Lake, I think is how you pronounce that. Mm-hmm. It's C-A-S-T-I-A-C. Okay. Castiac. At 8 a.m., the Les Pisas heard a knock at their uh, at their front door. Oh, no. And it was the California Highway Patrol. <sighs> the officer asked Karen and Michael if they owned a beige 2003 Toyota Highlander. He drove into the lake. Keep listening. (laughs) Um, Where was I? Uh, They confirmed that they did own that, and it was the car that uh, Bryce had been driving. Uh So the officer told them that at 5.30 a.m., they had found it crashed and abandoned at Castiac Lake, off an access road to the state recreation center, which was two hours from the Les Pieces home. The vehicle was found crashed and on its side at the bottom of a 25 foot embankment. No, but it was abandoned. He was not in there. Okay. Super, super spooky. The officer said that the back window had been busted out and there was no sign of Bryce. The police assumed that Bryce was inside of the Highlander when it crashed, and then he kicked the back window out to get out of the car. Mm -hmm. They had found blood on the passenger headrest and the back seat, but they weren't concerned that it was enough blood to be like a Mm life-threatening injury or... 25-foot embankment. That's high. Yeah. I would think you would die. Yeah. Um, Inside the vehicle was Bryce's laptop, cell phone, and wallet. Oh my goodness. He also had a duffel bag in the back, um, but it was unzipped. And so the police assumed that 
he had taken something out of the bag before like kicking out the window and escaping. Mm-hmm. Seems like you would take your cell phone and wallet probably. Yeah. <sighs> Unless you didn't want to be found. Yeah. Or identified. Yeah. So CCTV footage showed that Bryce made three separate trips to where the vehicle to where the vehicle was found between the time he left Buttonwillow and 3 a.m. One camera caught the Toyota Highlander driving along Lake Hughes Road near Castiac Lake at 2.15 a.m. And this was, like, right before he talked to his mother. Okay. The same camera captured him driving up the road once again at 4.29 a.m. So he drove down that road twice. Mm -hmm. Tire tracks were visible at the top of the embankment, and they led down the bank towards Castiac Lake. Based on the... The track pattern, law enforcement could tell that Bryce went down the embankment at a fairly high rate of speed and made no effort to use the brakes. Mm. I hate this. Yeah. Um, So most investigators figured that Bryce was trying to crash the car into the lake to take his own life. Mm Mm-hmm. A diver searched the lake for several days but never found any sign of Bryce. Um, search parties combed the nearby campgrounds, but still never found any evidence of Bryce. Wow. In the midst of the search, Los Angeles County firefi- firefighters responded to the area to tackle a brush fire surrounding the lake. Um, it was actually a human body no. burning. But it was not Bryce's. <laughs> okay. The body was um, a 35-year-old man named uh, LaMondre Dion Miles. No. Um, it was filled with bullets. Oh, no. Um, because of a fight over his failure to pay a debt before being dumped and set ablaze. But could you imagine, like, your son's missing and then there's a body on fire? Yeah. You would instantly think it's your child, Absolutely. for sure. Poor LaMondre. I know. Uh, On the ninth day of the search, police utilized the help of bloodhounds, which successfully tracked Bryce's scent. Okay. From the vehicle to a roadway that crosses a dam all the way out to a truck stop. But that's where the clues ended. They could not find any more scent. Wow. So, to the truck stop. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Kind of like he got there and hitched a ride or something. Yeah, that's what it appears. Okay. Uh, With no new leads and no sign of Bryce, the search was officially called off after three weeks. Though volunteers continued to donate their their time to look for Bryce, and the police uh, continued to carry out patrols of the area. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so while they were, you know, searching for Bryce, um, they also interviewed, you know, his friends and family that were close to him. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to gain insight into like his frame of mind, like what was going on inside of his head before this happened. And, um, they learned that in addition to giving away the diamond earrings his mother had given him. What is that? Your printer. Oh my god! I literally, <laughs> my heart like just stopped. Why is my printer printing? 
Congratulations. It says congratulations? What? <laughs> what is it? It says congratulations. Your printer is now web connected and has its own email address. Oh, well, that's nice. Two hours after I was trying to print something out. <laughs> your printer's going code and your printer's email address are on here, so. Okay. Well, oh. my heart just stopped. <laughs> All right. I hate when crap happens like this when we're telling spooky stories, like mom busting through the other night. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> talking about some damn cowboy boots and earrings. I think my eyes just got so big. Yeah, you looked horrified. I mean, I instantly knew what it was because I'm right by yeah. it. <laughs> that was funny. It sounded like something falling. Did it? Yeah. Well, that's how I felt when I heard. Well, was it the toilet flushing? Yeah. I was like, what is that? <laughs> so weird. It's weird when you have on the headphones it makes everything seem so weird yeah it distorts it okay sorry about that <laughs> <clears throat> so um along with giving away the diamond earrings he also gave away his xbox um he also texted his roommate sean a message that was kind of out of character mm-hmm. it, i mean it wasn't weird but given what happened to Bryce, it is weird. Mm-hmm. So it says, I love you, bro. Seriously. You're the best person I've ever met. And you saved my soul. Hmm. That is a nice text. Last text you ever had from him. Yeah. So people who are contemplating suicide, you know, often give away their belongings yeah. and their, I guess, <laughs> they decide to you know give out letters to people you know kind of telling them you know Mm -hmm. how much they meant to them or how much they mean to them yeah Uh, but sean said he didn't get the impression that bryce wanted to die or that he never planned on coming back Uh, sean told investigators he thought bryce just went off on his own to find himself and that he expected him to be back by labor day So months later, Michael and Karen hired a private investigator who decided to take the case pro bono. Mm-hmm. Her name was Denise. Oh, God, I'm in the. Pro- I always do that. I always mm-hmm. mean to check the pronunciation. Yes. It's like Savastano, S A V A S T A N O. Savastano? I don't know. S A V A S T A N O? Yeah. Savastano? Yeah, I guess. Um, she specializes in missing persons cases, and she believes, according to the GPS coordinates, that Bryce had intended to make it to his parents' house. Um, so Three days later? I mean... Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. So she theorizes that Bryce's uh, drug use may have led him to have a psychotic break. So weird that we both mm-hmm. did stories like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would explain his erratic behavior. Um, but she also thinks that Bryce, after crashing the car, received a head injury mm-hmm. and like kind of made him disoriented and maybe he wandered off. Yeah. Um, or Bryce may have suffered a double whammy. He was in the middle of a psychotic break when he crashed and then a head injury from yeah. the crash. Um and she thinks that, you know, those together kind of. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot, yeah. Oof. So um, Denise and the Les Pisa family hired a sonar specialist to search the um, 
the area of Castiac Lake um, with the assumption that if Bryce had taken his own life, he would surely be at the bottom of the lake. Like, they really thought he was at the bottom of this lake, even though his scent went to the truck stop. I just think that's weird. But yeah, I guess you well, try guess, anything. Exactly. Yeah. You want to cover all bases. Yeah. So uh, after searching 12 hours a day for two days, it was clear that that's not where he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people who had spoken with Bryce on the phone over the, sev- the several days leading up to his disappearance, they said that he sounded lucid. Mm-hmm. So these are some theories apart from... Uh, the PIs. Okay. So a lot of people think that he left willingly. Karen and Michael Les Pisa um, said that they don't believe that their son would have left willingly. And if he did, he wouldn't have flown under the radar for more than six years. He's still missing to this day. Hi. Personally, I think it's obvious he left willingly. Yeah. I mean... Maybe if something happened later, you know, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't sound like someone forced him. You know what I mean? I mean, well, we'll kind of get into more, you know, possibly being forced in later theories. But um, this is the most logical theory to everybody is that he left willingly, which I think he did, too. Yeah. Um. So Bryce, you know, said he had something important to say to his mom, Mm -hmm. but we never found out what that was. And I think that's a huge key factor. Like, what what did he want to say to her? Absolutely. What was it? It obviously had to be something serious. Yeah. Um, So, you know, Bryce had given away several personal items, which would indicate that he was suicidal, but it could also indicate he planned to build, you know, a new life for himself to, you know, start completely over. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting from it yeah me too so but sorry no you're fine (laughs) why would you crash your car off an embankment to fake your own death but what if you actually died (laughs) well then i guess either way you're non-existent i I guess right to say he really wasn't it though he could have let the car roll and and then he could have got in the car, unzipped his bag, put some blood in there, yeah. and then left all his shit out, and just kicked out the back window. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That, I didn't, that didn't even cross my mind. He could have definitely done that because there's no CCTV footage of CCTV footage of that. I feel like that's pretty smart, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, to me, it seems like you know he sat around contemplating. Mm-hmm. what he was going to do all day long. Mm-hmm. It was like he reached that breaking point where he you know he wanted to get away. He had to get away. Mm-hmm. And to me if so let's say he did have a psychotic break and he did have a concussion making you know this weird mix of you know whatever mm-hmm. you would think that he would be found somewhere. Somebody would find him. Yeah, somebody's seen him. Yeah, but if you're going underground, you know, getting away from everybody, you know, you're probably going to change your hair. You're going to, you know, you do not want to be found. I just think that's kind of unusual for a kid his age. 
You know yeah. what I mean? That's a lot. That's a lot to think about. That's a lot to plan. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, whatever he wanted to tell his mom was serious enough to where he, he felt, felt like, like it was better to just disappear. disappear. Yeah. Hmm. Who knows what it could be? I really want to know. Somebody knows. I bet. Somebody. If it's something like awful that, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's something that awful, that I don't feel like those are the kind of things that you kind of find out by yourself. I mean, unless you, like, murder somebody, then, of course, you're the only person who knows, but... Right. I don't know. Maybe he did murder somebody. Maybe he set... What's his face on fire? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Goodness. So, um, you know, right before he disappeared, Bryce had wandered the area of Button Willow for hours, and spent time sitting in his car for inexplicable inexplicable reasons. So this could suggest that he was debating what he wanted to do. Right. To, like, go home, commit suicide. Yeah, or, you're sitting there debating, like, what am I going to do here? Should I do this? Should I do that? I really want to be sure about my decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And, I mean, sitting around in your car for, you know, that amount of time, that seems logical to me, mm-hmm. you know? You have a lot to think about. But the roadside assistance stuff is the kind of that's, thing that... Yeah, that's out there. I mean, he did need gas the first time, but why did he call the second time? What could he have possibly needed? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, maybe a tire. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'd just be like, I'm going home. I'll figure this out later. <laughs> Seriously. Um, or he could have been waiting for a ride that never showed up. Yeah. Could have been that. Um. So did Bryce spend a lot of time in Button Willow because he was waiting on a drug dealer? Hmm. No drugs were found in his vehicle when the California Highway Patrol searched it, nor when it was found abandoned. So they, you know, think that he deliberately crashed his vehicle, Mm -hmm. but he was able to break out the back window and escape. Either his body is well hidden or in a remote location that somebody missed or he walked away from the crash, which I think seems the most likely. Yeah. So, you know, we found out that he, his scent was um, traced to the truck stop. Yeah. So, it, you know, he could have very well hitched a ride mm-hmm. at the truck stop. I mean, I think that's probably a. It just seems like if this is a super well-known case for the area that some trucker would have been like, oh, yeah, I took this guy to yada yada. Or I know of young jimmy bob who picked up a red-headed kid with yeah you know who matched the description but there's been nothing like that Mm-mm. not that i saw anyways well what if the trucker picked him up and killed him he left willingly but met with foul play very next one there you go so the less pieces believe that you know if he had left on his own that he that there was foul play involved somewhere along the line. Maybe he's just living it up in another state, the whole new name and look and everything. Yeah. That's what I hope. I do too. I hope I he's, hope Bryce is happy. I Bryce, if you're out there, I hope you're happy. I hope you are too. But in, um, you know, m- most missing persons cases, you know, families don't want to believe that somebody could just disappear and yeah. not let them without know a trace and, yeah of course because you know this is somebody that you love and you think everything's fine and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they're gone like what was going in 
their head. I mean, personally, if I had a family member do that, I would hope that's what happened rather than them be dead. You know what I mean? Same. Even though it would hurt like hell, you know. I would much rather, you know, wish life on somebody than wish that they were dead. Right. So, um, so where am I at? So also another one is that, um, a lot of people think that Bryce may have stumbled across the murder of LaMondre Miles. Ooh. And that, you know, he was you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, oh, no. you know, he was killed because of that. Oh. Like, they could have faked the crash. You know what I mean? True that. Wow. Yeah. That didn't even cross my mind. And then also, it's possible that Bryce hitched a ride with the truck driver who, you know, killed him yeah or he could have you know been picked up by a truck driver and then dropped off somewhere hitchhiked to wherever he wanted to go and could have been murdered by a hitchhiker i mean a while hitchhiking yeah or he could have made it to wherever he wanted to be crossing my fingers that's the case that to me is crazy i know a lot of people did say that they spotted him in oregon really like it, so Bryce you know is a he's a redheaded mm-hmm. bright red hair and I guess I should have described him in the beginning but he has bright red hair he's got a tribal tattoo on his arm and uh like if you saw him you would see him yeah he's got a very distinct look I feel right and a lot of people say that they saw a like a disoriented teen in Oregon who matched his description hmm. so I mean never know california to oregon that's kind of yeah i mean it's not that far but yeah it makes sense that they would go to a nearer state but i don't know very very interesting they still have zero evidence where he could be what he could these be. these cases so stress me out so much i just want to solve them all me too like can we just like start up a pi gang me and you <laughs> <P>. and <I. laughs> start figuring these cases out i would like that it's <sighs> it's it's overwhelming because there's so many possible scenarios i just think about how much things like that affect me yeah and imagine being the family with nothing to go on oh dude i can't imagine i've got several uh, missing purses Missing purses. I've got several missing purses. (laughs) (laughs) Probably do. I've got several missing purses cases that I will be covering. Um, One that's a local case that has always just gotten to me, but I have a lot of interest in that because now it's like, how does someone just vanish? Give me answers. You know, I never understand. Like, where do people go? Yeah, where are you? You can't just disappear off the face of the earth. You are somewhere. Yeah, dead or alive. I mean, unless you know they put your body in acid and you just become sludge and you go into oh the ocean. Oh my god! Or <laughs> if you get abducted by aliens. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you might not ever be aliens? found again. I do believe in aliens. Absolutely. I believe in the possibility of aliens, but I've never really 
anything that's happened to me that's scary like that it's never been alien related it's always been like paranormal yeah supernatural but i definitely believe i mean our universe is infinite there has to be something out there even if they've never visited earth Mm -hmm. i feel like there's something out there oh yeah definitely scary thought Sorry for leaving you guys with a whole lot of nothing on this episode. (laughs) A whole lot of nothing. Just some jumbled up theories that who fucking knows which one is the right one. Again, give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. Yeah. Oh, if you know where Bryce Lespies is. Let us know. No, don't because he doesn't want to be found. So we respect that. No, Just his mom and dad want to know where he's at. Yeah, but if he, if, they, if he doesn't want them to know, then they don't have to know. Oh, I know. They don't deserve to know. If I, anyone I love ever goes missing and y'all know where this fucker's at, you better tell me. Same. <laughs> I would tell if anywhere Ansley was and you've been searching for her, I'd be like, oh, she's right there. <laughs> right. Go get her. Exactly. Eat that ass. Just kidding. <laughs> so, um,. Closing this, um, I do want to kind of talk about something really fast. Um, this is kind of unrelated to the podcast, but um, so my brother has a friend named, um, he said it's like one of his best friends, but his name is Austin Sells. He was just in a, uh, a really bad motorcycle accident. Um, I think it was like a week or so ago. He's been in the hospital, had multiple surgeries. Um, I mean, he's, you know, stable and fine, but, you know, he's obviously not doing okay. Um, So we're going to post his GoFundMe in our group. Um, You know, even if you can only donate a dollar or whatever, um, I'm sure that that would really help because I'm, I'm sure multiple surgeries cost a lot of money mm-hmm. and we all know how it is out here in the wild without health insurance. <laughs> Absolutely. Or even with health, health insurance. I mean, it doesn't always cover. Oh, heck no. I figured out with my lack of insurance that it's cheaper for me to be without insurance than it is to have it. Yeah. You know, I mean, so let's say, you know, you're paying like my, I mean, at one point my dad was paying like $400 a week for health insurance. Mm-hmm. That's insane. It is insane. And just think about if you don't use it. Yeah. Like, are you and kidding you me? you still have like, you know, $30 co-pays mm-hmm. and, and then you go to the hospital and have, you know, a $30,000 surgery and you still have to pay like $10,000 of it. I just think it's crazy. I, I can go to the doctor for a hundred bucks or I can pay six hundred dollars a month for insurance and you know never use it so whatever our health care system is is fucked fucked but i'm gonna give you guys the we're gonna post it in the the um what is it called facebook the, group yeah, facebook. what is it called what, <laughs> what is, is that, that thing, thing again <laughs> but i'm gonna also tell you the url to it actually no i'm not because that's a lot <laughs> Never mind. But we'll post it. And if you could just donate whatever you can, a dollar, you know, five dollars, <laughs> it would be much appreciated. I'm sure that, you know, him and his wife are really going through a hard time with that. Sure. So. That's crazy. And if you can't donate, that's understandable too. But send prayers, good vibes, whatever it is you do. Yes, please do that. 
Okay, well, um, we also, I guess we should plug our social medias so that mm-hmm. you can find that. Um, you can find our Facebook group at For God's Sake, Don't Drink the Jones Juice. Mm-hmm. And you can find our Instagram at Don't Drink the Jones Juice. All one big long word. Yes, we also have our merch store. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll post that too so that you can get your merch. Y'all are going to love the new designs. I'm stoked. So for excited. Them. I'm buying them. <laughs> Me too. I love them. Me too. They really are so good. Buddy and Jordan are very, very talented people. Yes. Um, so I guess stay tuned for our next episode next week. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll be doing a listener episode soon, right? And I think it's coming up on it, yeah. Not this this next week, but the but week the after. Next, yeah. yeah. So okay. send in your listener juice stories. We need more. Yeah. We've got several right now. But we, we have enough. For next time. We have enough, but... We want to be able to keep doing this, guys. Yeah, we just need them to keep piling in. So, mm-hmm. And if you feel like you're not good at writing, just send it in anyways. If you feel like it's going to sound stupid, send it in anyways. We're not going to sit here and laugh at you. Mm-hmm. Unless you spell everything wrong. And <laughs> we will. But please do it. I've had a lot of people say, I don't... I, I want to send in my stories, but I don't know how to do it just do it don't even just fucking do it don't Mm -hmm. think about it just type Mm -hmm. your little fingers away and do it yep all right i guess that's it for episode seven i get six i don't know jk i think it's six it is okay (laughs) that's it for episodes episode episode six we're stroking out oh my god (laughs) thank you guys for listening for god's sake don't drink the jones juice